Welcome to the Women on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Sam Saperstein. Today, we have a special treat as we bring you an exclusive feature from our eighth annual Women's Leadership Day. This remarkable event, hosted by JPMorgan Chase, has grown from a modest internal gathering into a must-attend occasion for thousands of clients and employees. In this episode, we're sharing a compelling conversation between two trailblazing leaders, Alicia Bowler-Davis, CEO of Alto Pharmacy and JPMorgan Chase Board Director, and Bina Elliott, the Global Head of Advancing Black Pathways at JPMorgan Chase. We'll journey through Alicia's extraordinary career, from her engineering roots at GM to her pivotal decision to join Amazon, and finally, her decision to lead Alto Pharmacy. I'm confident you'll find Alicia's story not only intriguing, but also incredibly motivating. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Alicia, you've had significant roles in dynamic organizations, and I can see purpose and impact in every move you've made. When I think about that, and you sharing your story and learnings with the team here, how have you navigated those career moves, and what were some of the critical, pivotal points in the decision-making that helped you move from General Motors, which is a very mature company, to Amazon, who made a big difference in our lives during the pandemic, and then moving over to Alto, which is a startup technology company for pharmacy. Yeah, I think for me, it started really early in my career, being willing to go into areas that I was unfamiliar with. And so when I started with General Motors, I started as an engineer and I used to support the plants with tools that they needed to build the cars with, as well as setting up processes. And a couple of years in, I just raised my hand. I said, I'd like to go work in the plant. I'd like to learn what it really means to build cars. And I have to tell you, I was discouraged. Every leader I spoke with, they're like, oh, you don't want to go into the plant. It's really hard. We think you could be a chief engineer. And I said, no, I really want to go into the plant. I think that was a huge decision for me. And I ended up going into the plant where I had a team where I led 60 people. And I was very young in my career. Many of them were old enough to be my parents. And I can remember walking into the plant that day with lots of butterflies, nervous, but at the same time excited. And then I remember at the end of the day saying, what have I done? (laughs) And so I think it started for me being curious Mm -hmm. and not being afraid to go into areas and do things that people may not think are easy. And so I followed that throughout my career at General Motors, and I was fortunate that I changed jobs almost every two years. And I was fortunate to work in engineering and then manufacturing, product development, planning, sales and marketing. I had the opportunity to just work in different areas. And I think that curiosity, not being afraid, but I had the fear, but having the courage to still move forward in spite of the fear. And I think the thing that I learned early in my career was really around people that we're in a people business. No matter what you're doing, no matter what you're leading, it's all about people. And I think going into the plant, leading 60 UAW workers and having to earn trust and the respect of that team taught me a lot about leadership. So then you fast forward to Amazon. It couldn't be two more different companies. You've got a mature organization at General Motors. You've been there for 25 years. You grew up there. Your name was number two on the list after Mary Barra. And I looked at the paper like 10 times when I read. I'm like, Alicia would not have left General Motors. It can't be right. And I text one of your friends and said, is this right? And she said, yes, they've already moved. So you went from General Motors to Amazon across the country, a different industry, What was some of the things that you thought about when you made that decision? Yeah, I think that was one of the hardest decisions I've ever made. 
I love General Motors. I tell people General Motors gave me my start because in high school, I went to a program that introduced minority students to engineering and I was sponsored by General Motors. And so I always say General Motors really gave me a start. And so leaving General Motors was difficult. As you said, I had progressed in my career. I had a great brand in the company. I learned a lot. I had a huge impact. Mary Barra, my office is right next to Mary's. She was a mentor and a friend, and I loved the company. But I also felt like I wasn't growing. I felt like even though I had an opportunity and there were more opportunities to come, there was a level of comfort being there that actually made me uncomfortable being that comfortable. A couple years before I left, I had the thought, what would it be like to leave General Motors? And then where would I go? And would I stay in the automobile industry? And what's the point if I stay in the automobile industry? And then I had a friend who challenged me to look outside to why not? What's the worst thing that can happen? I was like, yeah, what's the worst thing that can happen? And so I ended up meeting someone at Amazon. And before you knew it, it was like a flywheel. It's just things started happening. I found myself in Seattle. And I was like, what am I doing? I'm here interviewing for a job. I don't even know what the job is, but I'm here. And my husband called called me that morning of my interview and he said, Alicia, do you have a number? And I said, what are you talking about? He's like, they're going to offer you the job today. I said, no, Amazon doesn't work that way. I said, they have this loop process. He's like, no, 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 no. You need to have in your mind, what is it going to take for you to leave financially? And I was saying no, but I thought about it. And sure enough, at the end of the day, (laughs) at the end of my interview, I was asked that question. And I said, well, you haven't told me the job. And they said, no, let's talk about the number. (laughs) We want you to come here. Joining Amazon was really about joining a company that I thought was very innovative, very customer-obsessed company, technology-based company. I thought I could have an impact. I thought I could grow. I just thought I could make a difference. And I thought, what's the worst thing that can happen? I can always go back to automotive, right? (laughs) I can probably go back to GM. So that's how I ended up at Amazon, and it was one of the best decisions that I made. Can we put a pin on this for a moment? Because you talked about needing to know your number. And I heard you in an interview before talk about you had very little opportunity when you were at General Motors to even think about your salary. And at one time, your first time you asked for a raise was when you were going to report to Mary Barra. I guess I was on a momentum path where other people were deciding my next move where it wasn't necessarily me saying, oh, I want that job or I want that position. It was, hey, Alicia, there's an opportunity we think you'd be great for. And I'd say, okay, why not? Oh, here's another opportunity. I said, why not? I had a great mentor who really pushed me to think outside of the box, or should I say, think outside of the shoe? (laughs) (laughs) I was used to that. And so I never worried about it. I was just used to saying yes and then finding the good in it okay, this is why this will be good. This is why it's good for the company. And I was a vice president. I had been promoted to a vice president and I was going to be promoted to senior VP. And I was like, this money, this can't be right. Like, I know that with the scope and the responsibility I had, what had happened, I was running customer experience for General Motors. And then like three months into that role, GM said, hey, Alicia, why not run vehicle quality as well? And I said, okay. I said, that makes sense because the experience that customers have with us has a lot to do with the experience they have with the product and why not and that way I can still use my technical skills and everything and so I agreed to do it and so here I am doing two jobs and then my salary hadn't changed from when I came out of the plant I was like this is a defect (laughs) (laughs) so I kept thinking they know this somebody's going to realize that I'm doing two jobs and they're still paying me for what I was doing before no 
I had to say something and I had to say, this is not right. Thank you for the opportunity, but having this title is not enough. And so I actually had the conversation with Mary and she was very gracious and very supportive and it was able to get arranged. But it teaches you about advocating for yourself, knowing your worth and just not expecting that someone else is gonna take care of you. A lot of people took care of me in my career, but they should, because I was doing a great job. <laughs> but in that case, I needed to speak up for myself and I needed to know what I was worth and not accept anything less. And so that was something that I definitely learned in my career. Excellent, thank you for that. So when you think about your experience at Amazon and then you make another big move to Alto Pharmacy, a startup, pharmaceutical company that is going to change the way we think about our relationship with our doctors and how we access medicine. How did you make that move? That was another hard move. I joined Amazon. Like I said, when I accepted the job at Amazon, when I said, yes, I will come, I didn't even know the job I was going to get. I knew the number <laughs> and I knew the area that I would be in. I didn't know the specific role. And so when I first came into Amazon, I had a role and I think it was a very focused role and it was leading customer fulfillment for North America and Europe. And so if you think about Amazon, there's this large group. When you place your order, there's a team of amazing people that are responsible for picking, packing, and getting that order out to you to meet the promise we have. And so I had North America and Europe. But then like, I don't know, maybe six months in, I ended up getting all of global customer fulfillment around the globe. Next thing you know, I ended up getting robotics and all the technology. And then this was not in an orderly fashion. <laughs> It was just like, huh, okay, well, I just got, I don't even know the team. Okay, yeah. What about doing global customer service? Someone's leaving and we asked who do they think it's best to take it and they gave your name and I'm like, I just got here. What the heck? <laughs> and so I ended up getting global customer service and I just kept getting and adding on to my responsibilities. And so Amazon was amazing. And then next thing you know, I joined April of 19. Mm -hmm. The pandemic hit March of 2020 and I had taken on all of this additional scope in that time and then the pandemic hit. And Amazon speed, it's like, it's so fast. It's like a fast paced company, very innovative, growing super fast, pandemic hits, and then it was like on a whole nother level. And so I say I was at Amazon three and a half years, but I should get double credit <laughs> for that. And the pandemic hit and my entire focus was on taking care of customers, taking care of employees. How do we do this? How do we scale? And so that was what I did. And when I had a moment to breathe, I actually didn't have a moment to breathe. I started getting phone calls. <laughs> I started getting phone calls around CEO opportunities for like Fortune 200 companies. And I was like, do you know what I'm doing? Like, I've got this work. We've got so much that we're doing. And so I entertained a couple of them just because it was expected, not necessarily because I felt passionate about the role. I was like, oh yeah, being a CEO, that's what I'm supposed to do. And then when I finally had time to actually breathe, because I was on a treadmill and somebody else was controlling the speed. And I finally had time to breathe I had to think about what do I really want to do now? Do I want to stay here at Amazon? What is it going to look like for the next three to four years? Is it much of the same thing? Am I still going to be able to grow? Have I fulfilled my purpose here? Mm. What about these opportunities that I'm being presented with to go and lead amazing companies? Is that what I want? And then I got a call from a recruiter about auto pharmacy. And I remember, and I said, who, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> And I said, do you know who you're calling? I leave big stuff, big complex things. And he said, well, this is complex. And the impact is huge. And it was that word impact. And I said, 
okay, I've always been about impact. And so the more time I spent with the founders at Auto, the more I felt like this was the right thing for me to do. And it was a leap of faith. But I finally told myself that Auto is about challenging the status quo. That's who you've been. That's what you've always done. It's about fixing something that's broken, and it can have an impact on so many people's lives. And if it doesn't work out, you can always go run something big. It doesn't take away from what you've done. And so I've been there a year. I'm just as excited about the opportunity a year in as I was when I decided to go. It's been a tough year. I've grown, and I feel like I'm making a difference with the company and with the team. And so there's absolutely no regrets there. But that was just another process where I had to get over what's expected. I had to get over the fear of, well, what if this doesn't work? Well, what happens? This is a different industry. I had to go and say, no, but you've done this before, and believe in myself, and just go do it. Why not? I love that. I love that you're always confident, at least, and will bet on yourself. Yeah. When you think about navigating some of these big decisions, there's got to be somebody or a sounding board or a mentor that has influenced you that you can go to to get the right information and to bounce something off of. Who has that been for you? Because we know that mentorship and sponsorships makes all the difference in our careers. Who is that for you? Yeah, so I'm fortunate that I have several people that I can talk through and be very transparent about the opportunity, how I'm really feeling about it, any of my concerns, the fears I have. And so, one, of course, my husband has been a great partner, a great sounding board. I have a mentor that I acquired at General Motors early in my career. His name is Bill Box. I talk to Bill a lot, at least texting several times a week. He's since retired. But he was the first person that really pushed me beyond anything I thought I could do, and he was a sponsor for me. So he would come and present different opportunities. I remember when I was a, my first plant manager role, I was leading the Escalade and the SUV plant in Texas, and I worked for him. And Texas is on Central Time. He was in Michigan Eastern Time, and the plant started at 6 a.m. The line starts at 6 a.m., so I would get to the office about 5:30, 5:40. But before I can walk in the office, he's calling me. What did you do? How did they do? What were the numbers? What did you miss? Why? And so for about a month, I'm like scrambling. I know Bill's gonna call me. I gotta get to my desk before he calls. I'm scrambling. And I finally said, Bill, don't call me at 5:30. <laughs> You're calling me. I haven't even listen. I know you want to know. Can I call you at? 6:30 my time. <laughs> At least let me get on the floor. Let me see what's going on. Then I can give you more. I can answer more of your questions with confidence and fidelity. And I can have a plan for today. Mm -hmm. And but it was really hard for me to say, Bill, no, because I didn't want to disappoint him. But I was like, this doesn't work. So he was someone that when I decided to leave General Motors, I talked to. When I decided to leave Auto, I talked to the different opportunities that came up at General Motors. I spoke with, and then I have a very, very good, good friend who's a CEO of an energy company in California. I spoke with her about the opportunities. She was actually asking a lot of tough questions, telling me why I shouldn't do it, <laughs> but then agreed, why not? I've been fortunate to have a number of people that have been great. I call them kind of my board of directors. Nice. So I know you've always had this great relationship with Bill, but it's not always been an even relationship. No. And at some point, it shifted. You want to share your experience around how that? While you still have a great relationship with him, that relationship has gone through some different cycles. Yeah. So I think I met Bill back in 1999, and he was always pushing me, moving me into different roles, and then I ended up working for him. And then it shifted where he ended up working for me, and that was a really <laughs> tough thing because he's an in-your-face kind of guy, 
And he's like assertive. And I was like, I got to figure this out. We figured it out. And I did have to talk to him and talk to him about a relationship and what I needed from him in order for me to be effective. And it worked out. But it was tough and it was something I had to really think about. It's hard, and I've had that happen throughout my career, where people that I've worked for, they end up working for me. That happens, and it's not always easy to navigate. And I think I learned a lot about being transparent, around being open, around telling people exactly what's happening and why that is a problem, and then what can we do to change it. That was a partnership. It took me, I just had to have that conversation because it was going to not end well if I didn't. But I really appreciate the fact that Bill, even though he was your mentor, he accepted that feedback and you guys are still friends today. And it shows that your relationships can evolve, but it requires that communication, that trust and that support of each other. So you've shared how Bill supported you. And I've seen you do the same for others and pay it forward. I remember when you shared the story of being promoted to a big role at General Motors and all the men on your team came and shared with you what they wanted to do and asked for a promotion. Immediately. But none of the women on your team came forward. Are the moments like that what drives you to be really intentional around developing talent and making sure that you create a space for people to grow and develop and tell them that you see them as well? Yeah, I think those moments are when you say, wow, this is actually a very different behavior. Like these men are like bold and they're leaning in. Like it's the same day as my announcement. Like, can you wait two days? (laughs) And none of the women ever came. And it was very interesting. And so what it's taught me, number one, is to model the behavior and to do it for myself. And then I think the other thing is to also encourage women. I think I share that I've had in my career, like 80% of my mentors or sponsors were men. And I'm very grateful for that. But now for me, 75% of the people that I mentor are women. And so I like to give examples and I like to be very vulnerable around, this is what happened to me, this is how I felt. I'm not saying this is what happened to you, but I'm saying that it's okay. Let me tell you how I work through it. And so I like to use some of the examples and I also just like to listen and learn, but I think it's really important. I have a responsibility to help create opportunities for other people and also to encourage people to see beyond what they think is possible. For me, I think that's important because sometimes we think about what we can see, but there's so much opportunity if you can see beyond that. What's your wildest dream? What's the thing that you can just say, this will never happen? Then that's the thing that you should be going for. And for me, that's how I think about it and not to run away from those things but to run towards them love that so we've only got one last question I can ask but there's a lot more that I want to ask as we wrap up today and think about our theme leading with purpose I love to hear what you want your legacy to be and how your purpose connects to that legacy yeah I think for me I just want to be an example for women for black girls boys anyone that where you start doesn't necessarily need to define where you end up. I grew up in a single family home. My mom worked like crazy. We didn't have much. Things would break, I had to fix them or we wouldn't have them. I was fortunate that my dad was really a stickler on education and achievement and that he was present, that that pushed me. But I wanna be an example for anything is possible and to really think big and not be afraid to do things that are not expected and to find yourself. For me, I think back on the person I was 30 years ago, 
And I love that some of the feistiness is still there. Some of this can-do is still there. But I've definitely grown and matured because I've had great examples and great mentors and role models, people who have pushed me outside of my comfort zone. And I just want to be that for other people. And I also want to help. I don't just want to be someone that you can look to. I actually want to help. I want to make a difference. I want to have an impact. And I don't want it to be that I was successful. I want it to be how have I helped other people to achieve their goals, to overcome the challenges that they have, to be the person they want to be. Thank you. I told you guys we're in for a treat. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for this special conversation from Women's Leadership Day 2023. We hope Alicia's journey has left a lasting impression and inspired you. The mission of Women on the Move is to help women in their professional and personal lives. Our goal is to introduce you to people with great ideas, inspiring stories, and a passion to make a difference. To learn more about Women on the Move and listen to the full library of this podcast, please visit jpmorganchase.com slash W-O-T-M. For JPMorgan Chase's Women on the Move, I'm Sam Saperstein. JPMorgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC.